Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. We do come your way every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Streaming live at richarddugan.com. And we are also uh, broadcasting the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations on the web. And we're having folks repost our interviews, which is wonderful. We thank you for that. And um, we encourage you to go to our guest website, which we'll be giving you shortly, so that you can continue your evolutionary process. You can continue moving forward in this life to survive, to, from survival to thrival. I found out not long ago, that's a real world word. I didn't create it, folks, okay? I do not take credit for it as much as I'd like to. Uh, it has already a word someone came up with, and I'm glad that it is uh, there in our dictionary and our lexicon. As I said, uh, we are here uh, to uh, uh, bring you new paradigms for a new world and give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true, to find those new ways of living. And uh, we also encourage you to participate in 2020, the year of perfect vision. We're fast approaching. It's unbelievable that 2021 is just around the corner. Uh, it, it is. I am not going to say that 2020 has, uh, I can hardly wait to get out of it. No, not at all. <laughs> it has been a good year. Uh, just in spite of, or maybe because of what we've all been dealing with on many different levels. So uh, just, uh, you know, relax, take it easy. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, 2021 will be here. And so will 2031 and all those other years. But right now we're in 2020. So take that time to spend Going within, spend the time with yourself, do some meditation, listen to that still small voice so that uh, you can get the guidance, the inspiration, uh, and all of those good things that will help you move forward, as well as finding that quiet and peaceful place inside yourself where you can, uh, you can thrive. We want you to thrive. So with that being said, uh, we are uh, going to also encourage you, if you can, support us financially. We greatly appreciate that. That's why we have PayPal, Patreon and PayPal accounts for your security as well as ours. Enough said on that. Today's program is going to be on health and wellness and well-being and all those good things that come uh, with uh, health. We're going to talk about food and origami transformation. What in the world is that all about? We're going to find out from our guest here in just a moment. Uh, but a quick update on my own health, as I've shared with you, yes, see, some years ago, diagnosed with high blood pressure, working on it. Uh, it's all in my head. I know. Uh, it's nothing physiological or biological. It's uh, mental. And it's just a question of going within, spending that quiet time, spending that peaceful time, uh, finding that place where I can just relax, uh, maybe practice mindfulness, maybe practice whatever it takes to, to better control my blood pressure. And then, of course, as I've shared with you before about my recent diagnosis in uh, July of 2020, uh, type 2 diabetes. Well, guess what, folks? I told you it was temporary. And my readings now are in the mid to low 100s, where they're supposed to be, where they were always before the pandemic, when we switched from a healthy diet to 
a comfort food diet like everybody else did. That did not help my blood sugar. And I'll bet you if you did the same, it didn't help yours. Well, our program today is going to focus not on those specifics, but on this issue of food and origami transformation with our very special guest, uh, Eman Kopera. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you so much, Richard. And I love what you say, surviving to thriving. And that's the motto that I have been using for a long time for a long time, from surviving to thriving. So 30 years ago, when I was working with United Nations, this was post-Vietnam War, post-killing field. Mm -hmm. In the refugee camps, the war-torn country. And what I witnessed is that starvation is the number one cause of death, number one cause of disease. People die from don't have enough food, die not by, like, don't have enough to eat. Fortunately, right now, it's 30 years later, we are no longer starving to death. But we are eating to death. You agree with me? Mm-hmm. We are eating. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's what's interesting. Now, just really uh, a quick uh, a note here. Many years ago, when I was still living in Phoenix, I met a woman who referred to herself as the wild weed woman. And the reason was because she had put together this uh, set of playing cards, 52 playing cards, Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't have uh, clubs and hearts and spades and diamonds. They had pictures of various plants. Now these were plants primarily in the Southwest uh, Mm -hmm. that were actually edible, but you never thought of them as such. And the reason why she came up with these cards and why she went down this road, she was watching a news story about the first, uh, the first, um, what was it? I'm trying to remember, uh, Desert Storm 1 in early 90s. And uh, she saw these people sitting on the side of the road, and they were hungry. But where they were sitting, there were these plants. And she knew enough about the plants she recognized what they were and realized that these people were sitting on or next to extremely nutritious plants that if only they knew they could be eating those and surviving. Mm -hmm. And so she came up with these cards. Now I actually took one of those cards because I was working out at a radio stations transmitter site. And uh, you're familiar with what a tumbleweed is. Well, It has to start out green before it dries out and blows away, before it starts tumbling. And she says, if you can find one that is still green, cut off the ends of the tips about two inches. They're still soft. Toss them in a pot of water. Heat the water. You want to put potatoes. You want to put other things in there. But those tips are very nutritious. They're not dangerous. They're not spiky because again, it's still green. And that's, that was sort of my first introduction to this aspect of the fact that not only are we eating ourselves to death through the processed foods, we are ignoring the very foods that are already out there in nature that could sustain us and they're just growing wild 
but we don't know how to forage for those types of foods. Some people do. Does I'm curious as to your knowledge and or awareness of these types of uh, this type of situation, if you will, um, around the world. Maybe where you you were raised in Thailand and and of course in this area of uh, of Southeast Asia, where there are plants that um, most of the people who are living in the modern cities, okay, just don't know about. Yes. This is interesting, Richard. When you say about that trumping wheat, what's come up in my mind is the transformation, right? Before it's grow, before it's become that brown and those, like all this fussy brought away, that's transform transformation. But before that transformation, when you see that plant that had that green before it's become that fussy, it mm -hmm. interestingly just last week. I am researching on the cannabinoids that not come from cannabis. And I believe that thumbing weeds have that. There's a lot of plants that have essential nutrients that body needs, right? And you asked me that what's in, uh, uh, like in uh, overseas in South Asia. I was growing up in Bangkok and that was the, a long time ago. <laughs> but when I was living there, Mm -hmm. All the cooking, all the food is come from earth. You can see the food, like plants, vegetable, greens, colorful uh, fruits, and it's come from earth that still have a lot of nutrients, minerals to nourish the body. It's non-processed. And cooking is the culture. So people spend time cooking just like Italian, like days and days to prepare food, to entertain people. It's culture among food and people are very healthy. So that 30, 40 years ago, cancer is become, cancer and diabetes and all this chronic illness is very, very uh, small percentage. And I believe that when I was in uh, college then, when we have cancer cares, we're so excited because we never seen them. This like a mysterious disease at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, a few years ago, when I went back, I have not gone back home more than, for more than 30 years. So when I went back from this, uh, a little of, from my friend took me back to Thailand and I realized that cancer is number one cause of death now. Every oh. other household that people feel that, oh, you've got cancer, it's become common disease. So that it from food, that chain from food that from the ground is become food from the can. People don't know what is the banana leaf look like or coconuts, the, uh, like the real coconut before they, they extract the coconut milk to prepare food. And now everything is from the can, from processed food. So those are... Uh, those are transformation that we see that shift in that another way, right? In the contraction way instead of expansive way. So, so talk about the nutrients in that regions. Like we use food and herbs as medicine. So when we, uh, there's people believe in the self care then, not now, <laughs> then. People believe that before they get sick, let's see what nature can provide, what they can do 
to heal themselves. Yeah. If they got like feel like they have flu or they have uh, feel a little bit of cold, they were looking for ginger, garlic, black peppers. And uh, if people feel like a stomach ache and they will think, okay, let's looking for the peppermint leaves or basils and all these. That's its own tradition. So they're looking for something from the nature to prevent the illness and to keep them healthy. And uh, go to hospital is only a serious illness, right? You broken bones, you can't fix this. You need doctor to help to do something. So that yeah. was then. And now it's so much different. That's what's inspired me to, uh, to uh, uh, co-author the food book. Right? And it's not about food, not about recipe. It's about the thinking. It's about our thought, thinking about relationship of us and food and nature. So be mindful of what we put in the body, what we put in the mind, that is going to affect our being, our consciousness, our gene expression. So those are, uh, those are the inspiration that, that my uh, program years ago, I guide, I teach people, eat anything you want, but you need to have that relationship with the food that you put into the body. Be grateful for it. Be conscious. Be mindful. But the moment that you decide to have candies or apples or ice cream or buckery or that, that's the moment <clears throat> just me, of a decision to be conscious and mindful about what you nourish, what you put into the body on that. And uh, so that's it. And one of the key things that I uh, uh, has been researching on the life force in food, because food is life. So when you bring life that have life force, life energy into your life body, into your, into, uh, into your being, you're going to enhance that, magnify that food that still have life force. So to make it example, some people may not like visualize life force is energy, right? Some food is already dead, right? The food that cook a long time that you don't see what is evident before that uh, piece of cookies or uh, 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 even bread, right? You can't grow bread, right? You grow something and you make bread out of that. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's a process. Uh -huh. But you can eat like weeds rice or uh, green vegetable or fresh fruit that fit, uh, fresh fruit that is not processed. So that's it, the, the thought behind that. Eat food that have life force and eat food that be my food that what that food when it's getting to your, your body and what it does to that. And you mentioned about uh, 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 last July being diagnosed first time for type 2 diabetes. That's acquired. Right, diabetes is form, is is you acquire, you just get it, you're not born with it. So anything that you receive it, even you born with it, you can manage to remove that. And you already said that, just the, with the lifestyle, you already reduce it uh, uh, to the normal. Now you are no longer you are diabetes free and keep consciousness that you're free from that so you don't have the disease but the thought is so important and the lifestyle the behavior because that's not the disease that's the condition that we can acquire or we can eliminate it on that mm. well i what i can also share with you is that 
um, it took me less than six weeks to get my blood sugar down from 544 down to the mid to low hundreds. Now all of the numbers on my meter are green, not red, which is wonderful. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, it's over and I can go back to what I was doing. No. What it means is that I must continue to do what I'm doing, which is nothing. There is no hardship in it because it is not a diet. It is, uh, as you just stated, and we're going to get into this because I have actually shifted my way of thinking. Uh, I think now when we're in the store or when I want to go for a walk and I want to stop somewhere and get something to eat or drink, I think about that which I want to eat or drink before I ever go there. And I'm thinking, okay, is this really a good idea? Because uh, not, it might raise my blood sugar for the day and then it'll drop back down to normal. But do I really want to you know, play around with that? That would be sort of the equivalent, I think, of um, like putting air in a balloon and putting more air than the balloon can really handle before it bursts and then releasing the air down to where, okay, now it's not going to burst. And then doing it again and again and again and again, over and again, over and again. And eventually that balloon is going to pop at a lower pressure because I've stressed the fabric, if you will, the rubber. Uh, and I'm not that familiar with all of the various problems. Uh, I'll call them symptoms that will develop with high blood sugar. I know that people have had certain parts of their body amputated due to high blood sugar and diabetes. Um, that is one of the things I've noticed that some people are doing. Diets, those are not, you're not really thinking in that respect. You're just taking a prescribed set of parameters of certain foods and you're incorporating them. You're not really thinking about it because you have this list. Whereas uh, I can go into the grocery store and I've done a lot of research as well as my wife. Um, and we found that there are certain foods that I love are fabulous for either um, uh, slowing the metabolism metabolization of the sugars um, sort of balancing that out or they're really good because they don't have a lot of sugars a coconut water here in the states coconut water I at first I didn't like it and this was years ago and then I thought oh what the heck I'll give it one more shot <laughs> and I really really like it and it's good for me, good for my blood sugar. I found some drinks that have zero calories, zero sugar, zero carbs, uh, and so forth. But there are two things, even after I've worked out all of these different parameters of what foods I can and cannot eat, fish and seafood are fabulous because they have neither carbs nor sugar, and they actually help. Um, but the two elements that are probably the most important uh, for me are not just the types of foods, but portion control. Here in the United States, and I'm sure you've seen this, and it's kind of flipped back and forth. You go out to eat, 
even if it's good food at a nice restaurant, and it's a huge plate of food. No, you have no business eating that much food. And then it went down to the, the micro foods kind of thing, you know, the smaller <laughs> portions and then it, <laughs> and all those kinds of things. Um, so these are the kinds of things that I am, have been thinking about. Uh, I have in my lunchbox, which I didn't use to take my lunch to work, but there's no place that I can really go. Um, save a couple of places where I can really get food that is not going to exacerbate my blood sugar. That's kind of how I look at it. So we will spend that extra money. And I, I, might, I might spend 10 to $15 a day, all right, times five. So that's 50 to $75 a week. Well, I put that into the grocery bill now. I take my food, lots of cheese. I can eat dairy. I couldn't believe it, that milk was on the, on the list if it's 2% or 1%, that kind of thing, even whole. And I'm still looking at those, you know, those charts on the back of the packages, Mm-hmm. The, the nutritional information mm-hmm. I'm always looking at that stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if sugar is more than 10 grams I put mm-hmm. it back mm-hmm. if the carbs are more than say 10 or 15 I put it back uh, and then of course there's exercise there's movement you've got to get out and do stuff mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about first of all what is, for those who don't know, because I'm sure there are some, what is origami? I know it has something to do with paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is origami? Yeah. Before we uh, go on to answer that, I want to make a comment. I love what you say, that the first thing that you do is shifting your thinking, because that's what my main current work right now, shift the thinking. Right, everything create twice, create in our thoughts, and it's become our reality on that. So the mindset, and then you have those awareness for all these things that help you become healthy, you again. Mm-hmm. So those two things, shift, uh, uh, shift the thinking and awareness on that. So what is origami? Right? It's a piece of paper, right? And the, in the book, in this book, on the, on the back of the book, and this book was the published uh, a few years ago. And I have it say that, can a piece of paper change your life? Okay. The question is, can a piece of paper change your life? In Japan, tradition of uh, folding a paper into different shape and form, especially the origami bird, piece of paper children will fall into a bird have you seen like a folding paper into that bird that mm-hmm. shape of bird oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so in the, those tradition come from a children that have cancer a lot of children they have cancer so they make a witch in Japan the children will fold the paper and make the wish that they will get well become healthy so that is tradition for a long time. So what in this uh, origami bird in this book show you each day just to fold a piece of paper, just one fold at a time in, the, in like a metaphor of living your life, selecting food to be mindful, 
So it's a metaphor of being mindful by folding that piece of paper or unfolding that for your life. So it's metaphor to be aware, to be mindful, to to shift your thinking, to select what you want to select, to pay attention when you go to grocery shopping, to pay attention when you put everything in your physical body and in your mind. And that is the story of origami birth from this book. Be mindful, folding, contemplating, and thinking of that relationship of food and yourself and us. And in terms of um, food, an origami transformation, we're not speaking now of paper. We're now speaking metaphorically about ourselves mm-hmm. and our more our mindset, as, you, as we've already started talking about. Where does one start? It would be better if we didn't have to start with you now have a diagnosis of this. And if you do not do something about this, then you'll face this, 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 and this. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's start from a place where someone is not facing some event, if you will, uh, but is, is saying, look, I would like to start out today. I'm healthy. I've got a good, clean bill of health from my doctor. Uh, and I want to keep it that way. And I think that there's room for improvement. Where do I begin? Do you know before diagnosis, it may take five to seven years for the disease to, to start to manifest in the body and it's not expressed yet. So imagine that when you have diagnosis, that condition is being with you for a long time. So, so how do we look at doing something before diagnosis, right? Most people don't, if they don't feel hot, they don't get to move into the cold mm-hmm. or they not get too cold, they're not looking for the heat. So they're not aware of that. So create awareness. That's it. my field of, uh, of interest is to prevent disease and promote health on that. Have to need to get the awareness that don't wait until diagnosis. And uh, Times Magazine and the scientist uh, community has proved that we can live very healthy, healthily with quality of life until 142 years old. Right. Now, wow. the science proved that we can live up to that. If we maintain our DNA, our genetics, intricacy, our replication of cells. So when you think about 142 years old, would you like to live to that and still keep, still like playing sports, to running around in the ocean, to have very healthy body and healthy mindset? Right? So if people think that, oh, I'm just going to live that long, I need to be healthy. So you, we can create the mindset that we need to prevent that. And when you say that, once you uh, uh, start to pay attention what food that you want to bring into your body, and it costs you fifty to seventy-five dollar a week, and people think that's the cost, right? Fifty to seventy-five dollar a week. What if you don't spend that and you spend more hundreds of thousand to take care of the disease, right? That's 
cost more when you have diagnosis, when you have disease. And is the cost of prevention is much less than the cost of treatment. So that's another point to get people to be mindful of that. And it's a lot of example. Like when you can, uh, each of us probably experience, when we were younger, we can do a lot more things. When we get older, when we get uh, increasing age, some people may experience the body not as fluid, not as the flow, start to feel ache and pain, start to tie it easily. So just create awareness that what would you feel like you were in your teenage, in your 20s, in your 30s, in your optimum health that you still have or these cells that function at optimum? How do you feel when you end that stage to create the, the mindset of prevent the disease? And it's not just prevent the disease for yourself. It's for your loved one, for people around you. And when you do things favor for you, your health, uh, both physical, mental, and spiritual, you really do think good for the planet. It's not just you, it's your family, your community, your, your uh, district, your, it's, it's your planet, yeah, because we are the part of that. So come back to the question that how we create or how we empower people to think of prevent the disease before they get diagnosis. And when people can look at the statistics, can look at the statistic that how, how much disease that we have now and what it's going to cause. So if they're aware of that, they will be more realized. Unfortunately, most people don't think of that until they experience it. Right? But they should be look at left and right to see who else around them that go through that experience. Do they want to be in that experience or not? And this is interesting that uh, I have not lived in Thailand more than 35 years. Two years ago when I went back, the, the motivation that I went back, I have a red letter handwritten from my friends in college. This day of age, you don't get the letter that handwritten. <laughs> that must write his email, phone call, no. or just message. So this is the, like a nice handwritten a letter. And I received five letters in a week. I said, well, hey, what's going on? So I read and it looked like he is going through certain state of mind that need help, depression or something. So I went back and uh, realized that uh, just surprised her, went back searching for her like 30 years is interesting it lost connection with all this friend but the technology allow us to find people that's one good thing so i went back her husband passed away from a cancer and they're very well off but the last three years of his life they bankrupt and this is not just this family so it's inspired me to explore more about disease diabetes, high blood pressure, strokes, and all these uh, uh, from, like, from, from just like from obesity to cancer, from something that we don't think that is serious, but it's serious uh, to, uh, to something serious. But most people are bankrupt before the last couple of years of life. And that's point that may get people to think about, do they want to be healthy? Do they want to stay, have a quality of life? Or they want to to live life toward the end that that not well function and end up a bankrupt. 
So I think that's probably, probably have a, a good example to inspire people to be healthy. Well, so I, I answer your question. <laughs> I have a lot more yeah. to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was excellent. That was an excellent answer, and I appreciate that. And it's one of those things that we are trying to uh, better understand is our health, right? Uh Right. We are trying, but it isn't always easy. And uh, we're trying to, 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 to make our lives better. I have to say that there's a part of me that feels a little bit like, uh, oh, what's the word I want? Um, I can't think of any other way to put this. And I don't mean to to belittle the 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 Western way of doing things, okay? Mm-hmm. But I gotta tell you, I don't think that the Western way of doing <laughs> is helping people as far as their health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I hear about uh, the quote on, and this was back especially during the Cold War, and then after that was over into the '90s, and they used the phrase exporting democracy. My first feeling and thought was, why? Why, why, why are you exporting something that is so dangerous in one sense? It, freedom is a good thing. But the lifestyle, I mean, look at the level of obesity in this country alone, let alone around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and look what you you experienced, what you noticed uh, mm-hmm. when you went to, when you went back to uh, went back to Thailand. My roots, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I love what you say that you say that a part of you, and this is interesting, because each one of us is always have more than one part, right? That inner voice, that a part of us that always always interact with our conscious, right? You have conscious mm-hmm. and subconscious mind. So sometimes a part of us say, oh, what do we want? Ice cream or apple, right? There's always a part of us to stop us. So when we talk about all this life success, it's a part of us that really stop us or a part of us that courage us. So when people become aware and have that dialogue of a part of, a part of us, that have that understand the pattern and shift that pattern, that's going to create a world that health, healthy world, healthy body, healthy mind, and uh, and uh, the freedom that we export is not causing all these <laughs> all these interesting uh, global events this time. And when you say that export uh, exporting democracy, I was in Bhutan. Bhutan is the the country of landlocked. And that's in the Himalayans. Mm-hmm. Bhutan is a close country. Beautiful, very, very beautiful. So the, the government limits how certain people that can get into the country and they charge you per day. Right? You pay per day. Wow. And doesn't matter that you stay in the farmland, tent, or in the palace, look like palace. And uh, the government control all the tour uh, how the visitor can visit the country. And that country, I experienced that. That country has a lot of uh, happiness. 
they they're not like a wealthy, but they have a lot of happiness. They're landlocked, they're close, and people people is interesting. Is the is monarchy is the governed by the king that very well loved, and the king has good intention. The young king right now want to democratize uh, the country, want mm-hmm. to give people the freedom, right? And he said yeah. that I. I want. I don't want to like to be the king that dictate everything. I want to give population the freedom. Now, the country is very happy before because the king that we love it is not democracy, right? It's kind of like a, a monarchy. No, the TV like television set just went there. I believe it's recently. People don't have access to this news. Per se, right? You have like a yeah. news that create all this fear, this unstable. So the country very peaceful. The king say, "I'm just going to give my power to everyone. I will give you freedom." But the citizens say, "No, no, no! I don't want that. I love the king because the king is just, just like father." Mother, the queen and queen. Yeah. So if I'm still a children, if I have something, I can go to see daddy. I need this fix. I need that fix. And and now, what happened if you give me freedom? I have to help myself. And that is one of the interesting uh, thinking process. And uh, I look at that land, that nature, beautiful, unexplored, and just surround with oh, just mountains, tree, fresh water. And I can see that once the Western culture is going there, it can change a lot. And now when you when it's like the the culture Western and Eastern is emerged so much, right? It's become so it's become so brand. It's become mm-hmm. uh it's become intertwined, right? And I, mm. so when, when we talk about Western culture now, in, even in Asia, it's a lot of Western culture that get in there and three decades ago that, that really chief consciousness of people become very materialized and yeah. become less, less compassion toward each other, less caring. Because I remember when I was growing up, there's a word that there is no stranger. It's only new friend that we just met. So when you walk into there, you walk into my home, I welcome you to my home. I cook for you. I provide you the, the, the shelter, the room and board because that's a lot of kindness. And that time, the disease, it lays, the, 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 the chaos, the global uh, uncertainty is much less than. Yeah. But this is the way, this, I just look at this, the way of the cycle of life, cycle of a consciousness, cycle of humanity. So we're in the, the place that is in the, it's about to transform, it's in the shell of, of a cocoon, about to become butterfly. So yeah. if we transform correctly, it's going to be beautiful. So this yeah. is a very, very critical point. If we not transform in the right way, it can explode and that butterfly can drip die off and can be another a different species, different civilization. So we are at the, the critical point. That's why I empower people just to think about simple things like food, like relationship, like prevent their health, both physical, mental, and spiritual health. It's going to empower this, uh, 
this the uh, uh, global in the global frequency, global vibration, and it's all these things that happen that face us. Do you do you see that uh, other countries are kind of seeing the writing on the wall from the West? And and you know, I mean, I hate to 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 put it in that context, but I, but it doesn't come from any place else but the West, from the United States. This this processing of the foods that we eat and the the way that we don't think about how we're eating and what we're eating and how much we're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing that there are people around the world who are, they are aware and they are doing what they can to steer people away from that kind of lifestyle, especially considering what, how they're seeing the United States develop from a health standpoint? I mean, again, the level of obesity, heart disease, diabetes, uh, and the list goes on, high blood pressure and so on and so forth. Are people waking up around the world? I, I feel that they are not at that critical mass of consciousness or awareness, right? They know, okay. they, they're not, 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 not there yet, but uh, they, because of the culture that feel that uh, a Western uh, uh, civilization, right? People used to, to, be, uh, to live in extended family, take care of each other. So the Western uh, Westernization start actually starts a couple hundred years ago there in, uh, uh, in Asia, probably longer. But now in the past three decades that I found, it's about 20, 30 years, it's not, it's shift like an exponential, exponential shift from no fast food to the first fast food restaurant, right? Even we don't need that fast food. And people looking for a house, and cars and all these technology people mm-hmm. work in the high-rise building used to be just like non-high-rise right close to the ground so the culture is just get in there in the past 20 at least 20 uh good 20 30 years that when everything is start to happen that is go to this the uh, a massive of disease a massive reduce in quality of life massive stress, like with more disease that never been before. For example, uh, I got a call yesterday from uh, a lady, a, a patient in Thailand, like young uh, woman, 30s, close to 40, developed a serious intestine cancer, mm. colon cancer. And that's a strain that never have before, right? And it's specifically with the women around that age and very severe. So that's a new disease uh, from environment toxin from food that they eat. So it's a lot of that is happening. But when you say that people realize it's on a day a group that start to realize, but what is more powerful that make people bright that people couldn't see is the, the chain the supply chain, right? When we talk about supply chain, like what uh, uh, supply chain and uh, the commercialization, because people don't know, right? People thought that, oh, drink soda, oh, this is so cool. This is like a good, so people don't know. People not aware. And people thought that, oh, I have this, uh, this beautiful, uh, uh, I don't want to name, like a fast food. The local Thai food is cost, for example, cost a dollar, beautiful and healthy 
can uh, play that can cost a dollar two dollar mm-hmm. and when we get into uh, uh, fast food that come from the west come from the u.s it's cost about five dollar or ten dollar and wow. people say wow that is great because that's a western food pay more it must be better than the local food people ignore the local food uh, for example like coffee local coffee may cost like a, a 50 cent to a dollar people go to starbucks because it's so cold it's cost about four five dollar and that's mm-hmm. it, the better food because the mindset is not there it needs a lot more uh, inspiration and empower and the message to to shift in that thinking shift in that consciousness to get people back to what they were when they were very healthy and they didn't have a lot of uh, a toxic substance to food to air to water on that and i feel that it's going to happen disruptively yeah, when people mm. feel that is I, I can't do it anymore. Like oh, every other household now has cancer. So people will thinking, start to think that I need to do things differently. And I believe that people start to think now. People start to think about that now. But it's not uh, it's still not uh, at the critical mass. Uh, in China, China, there's a study, it's called the China study. It's done about 20 years ago study about cancer and the population and the evidence found that correlation of food that we eat and the cancer so people know of that but because of the supply chain they could not see it they don't have the they don't have option yet and uh, uh, when i spent last couple of years in that in asia and i'm just concerned because food is not original food is it's a lot of fake food, right? a lot yeah. of genetic modification. So what I yeah. do, I pack my food from what I have here and I eat my life force, life force food and I only eat outside for social because I, uh, and I, I was called I'm so extreme, but I'd rather be extreme to empower people to be extreme, to, to nourish their life and to, to live uh, in a healthy uh, when I say healthy, it's both like a physical, mental, spiritual. Because we are a part of the, we are a part of a, a creation that we support to be here, happy, healthy, express joy, not suffer, and that's what we are made out of. <laughs> yeah. So when you first came to this, and I guess that's really kind of the question when. Did you first become aware that this was an, uh, uh, an important issue? Um, because it's like, it's like the issue of our time, because um, otherwise the species isn't going to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, did, when did you wake up, so to speak, uh, to this? Or have you always been in this mindset? Is it interesting that I was born, have a curious Charm soul, just always curious. Right? Walking to the school, different routes every day, just to see what what is other routes. So with that curiosity, curiosity, and uh, I walk to a park. It's just like a central park, right in Bangkok. It's just like Manhattan Central Park, and this is called Lumpini Park. 
And I saw this old man, old woman, the old man with white beard, beautiful man, Chinese. Thai has a lot of Chinese population. It's called Thai Chinese. And they do this beautiful movement and they sit down, they're so calm. They feel like they do something that I was not understand then. I was 10, 11 years. And it turned out that I start to practice meditation. I start to practice or learn Tai Chi, learn Qigong, learn that movement, learn the focus, learn the mind. And it's buried in my subconscious. And uh, with the curious child, explore that. What, why people get sick and what do they do? And just learn into, to say, oh, people, people can, when they get sick, they can get better, they can go to see doctor or they can take care of themselves at home with self-care. So the nature or the, the nature of being curious and have that the, the, the healing mindset is buried in my subconscious me, in subconscious mind. So growing up, uh, I somehow I, I like by nature, I'm not attracted to eat any meat at all. It's just by nature, a very, very little meat. And I just love, uh, uh, I love vegetable and fruit. It's by nature. But if mm -hmm. a person not not born by nature, they can change their nature. So I think that I'm born with that awareness until coming uh, to the U.S. and I have these uh, exploring about health and wellness have the a wellness center that most of the patients that I see, they are terminal ills uh, and they are chronic illness that modern medicine would not be able to take care. And the people who get the, the, the death sentence or the life sentence that doctors say, you have two months to live, you have six months to live. And the doctor will say that uh, the conventional doctors will say that uh, you have to take this medication for the rest of your life and all these things. So I start uh, to explore and how to get people well and healthy without have that imprint that you got two months to live or you have to take the medication for the rest of your life. And I, I explore into functional medicine, into the, the natural medicine, used food, used lifestyle as the way to reverse imbalance health to become very wealthy. And, and since then that, uh, that I, I live like extreme in many ways, especially in food. <laughs> like if you see my food book and I didn't realize that that's food that I eat every day and all the comments say, oh, Dr. Iman, this is too extreme. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. so, so to answer is that I, I have that genetic expression to, to stay healthy, but it's, it's growing up learning, right? Like, like each one of us, when we, when we come back to this life, we got all experience before illicit, we have to relearn again. So I'm learning by doing and over 20, 30 years learning by doing and see the outcomes. It's not just belief because it's evidence-based that food is medicine. Foods can heal you on that and just uh, live life very healthy, conscious, conscious. Mm. Well, it is, there is no question in my mind, and I thought about this as a kid growing up, that uh, probably at the age of 15, uh, that I, uh, uh, now bear in mind, this is what I thought, not what I did. 
<laughs> but at the age of 15, I thought, you know, I should, uh, you know, I should be careful because what I put in my body here at the age of 15 and mm -hmm. the years subsequent to that uh, is going to make a big difference in terms of my health when I get in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I'm 60 now. And uh, um, so I, I might want to take a look at that, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and granted, um, I have talked with my parents about this. Turns out I have uh, some relatives who also had the same kind of sweet tooth that I have. Mm -hmm. um, but in this day and age, there are all kinds of things that are available that are edible for right. someone that can still be sweet, okay, tasty, uh -huh. but don't have that sugar in them, you know? Uh -huh. right. And so I found those, <clears throat> and I am, I am finding more and more and more, which is fantastic. You know, I, I can't tell you how excited I was when my wife uh, brought in, um, are you ready for this? She brought in sugar-free Reese's peanut butter cups, little tiny ones, <laughs> not the big ones, little tiny ones. And she says, you can have one, one. <laughs> a day. If, if you have one every day, you can have one a day, but only one. And I have to tell you that with everything else I'm eating, watermelon and strawberries and blueberries and and golden raspberries and, and um, delicious salads that my wife makes and on and on and on. One is just fine. I even found some, uh, I found that popsicles, certain popsicles that are pure, uh, uh, you know, that are uh, uh, pure fruit juice, all right, uh -huh. and only uh -huh. certain ones. Um, I can have those too because they're low, they're going to be low in sugar. They, the natural sugar of the fruit is in there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, I have to stay away from pineapple juice for a while because it has, uh, even naturally, it has way too much sugar in it, even though right. it is the natural fruit sugar. Um, nonetheless, uh, but I have heard it said, and you may actually agree with this statement, that from a, I don't even want to say nutritional standpoint, but from a food consumption standpoint, sugar, and they just so happen to process it and it's white, is the nutritional equivalent of cocaine in that yes. it is no question addictive. And I had heard it said, correct me if I'm wrong on this, they actually put sugar in salt. Mm -hmm. Yes. In white salt. Now, it's not going to be in your uh, Himalayan salt, you know, the, the pink <laughs> stuff, which I like too. Uh, but they actually put sugar in salt. Would you agree that, that that is probably, if not the, one of the most detrimental elements in our food supply? Research has shown that, right? And there's a lot of proof. And uh, when I do presentation, I have the picture of cocaine and sugar on that for the, the mindset of the addiction. But what happens in sugar when it gets to the body? It triggers the hormones, right? It triggers the hormones mm -hmm. uh -huh, that make us feel good. So when we have the feel-good hormone, the, the mind is addicted to that. Anything that you put into the body and feel good. But you can 
put many things in the body that make body feel good that not have the consequence of that addiction and health. The sugar is one of the worst enemies or the simple thing that people can, it, because it's available everywhere and people in the industry did that people put sugar in everything. So the first thing, instead of avoid sugar, because you can't avoid, but you have to change your mindset first. Once the mindset switch, okay, sugar doesn't matter because the, your mind not going to leash out to that. You need to shift your genetics, the uh, uh, gene expression of that priest, uh, sweet tooth gene. You have that, all of us have that sweet tooth gene that need to turn off that first, change the mindset to not have uh, reach out to that sugar and change the behavior a little bit at a time that that you did like the sweet taste. Like the, the three sweet taste come, you just can't take it because it's too mm-hmm. sweet on that. Yeah. Even like the grain of sugar is going to cause you not to want to swallow that. But the good news is this, Richard. The good news is that our body is changing Every minute, every day, our cells, right? We got a new cells every day. 120 days, the old blood is gone, the new blood is come. So in seven years, you are the whole new person. Mm-hmm. So people who did not like themselves in physically, they can change it. They can just start to change. And that instead of change seven years, they can change it sooner because the new cell growing every day, every minute, every second. The cell dies and cell grow. Cell dies. We are, you are now today and you are 10 years ago. You're a different person. You're different. Your cell is a different cell. The most important than that cell is your mindset. Your mindset 10 years ago and your mindset now. You're a different person. You know, so you can recreate. And that's so empowered to people who can uh, uh, know that they can recreate themselves their physical body, their mental body, their spiritual body, with their thinking, the mindset, the consciousness, the awareness. Well, you know, the way you put that, you know, our bodies are made up of trillions of cells, as they say. Mm-hmm. And um, they do change every seven years. So, uh, every, you know, when I was 7, 14, 21, 28, and so forth, uh, let's see, 56, I got a new body, and my next one will be at 63. <laughs> you're, three, you're three more years. You're going to have the whole new you, and you can reverse that. A to whole make, new me. That's right. right. I like 60 it. years, 60, uh, 63, you're not halfway yet because we can live up, yeah. up until 142 if you do things right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, considering what it is that I want to accomplish in this life, and in this world, uh, that would be wonderful if, because I, I, I want to continue doing this, talking with people such as yourself about this whole aspect of um, better taking care of, of self. Um, give me a little bit, if I may ask you this, give me a little bit of uh, origin and meaning because, because I, uh, as I, as I asked you at the front end of the program, even before we started, I asked you to pronounce your name for me because I wanted to get it right. I feel it's the height of disrespect when people screw up somebody's name 
<laughs> on a program, radio or television. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I really took a shot. And, and, and they don't even show the respect. But I want you to, first of all, uh, have uh, Iman uh, uh, pronounce your name for our listeners. And can you give us a little origin of the names? And I'm assuming that these are Southeast Asian. It's uh, a Thai origin. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I was called, I am called, people call me Dr. Aim on Kupera and uh, it's A-I-M-O-N and that's meaning the roots, the roots of that meaning Aim is mean, like this is in the, uh, in the Thai language, Aim is mean happiness, it means fresh, uh -huh. On is the typical lady name, so the lady, the girl and dad is always happy and fresh refresh themselves all the time. That's the meaning of the name. But when I come here, I use the the uh, English, right? English M is you M on something. So my name is just mm -hmm. M on something. And I love that because through my life, I always M on something and get that. And that's it, what is my, like what you share, the purpose of your being. My purpose of being here is to empower, to inspire people, to aim on something and, and tap into that, tap into that infinite potential that all of us has. It. That's it, my calling at this. That's it, new reinvention, this, this time, this new transformation, uh, a period of time. M on Copena. Yes, she is my M guest. On. <laughs> M on. M on. Beautiful name. Uh, beautiful woman who has joined us here on the program to share with us her knowledge, the things that she has discovered, if you will, uh, as she has grown. Um, what about your family, your parents, and your ancestors? Were they aware of this, this kind of health and well-being type of uh, uh, knowledge that maybe has been passed down? Is, is, there, is there a certain element of that, or did you just have to learn all of this basically on your own? And you're looking at our ancestors, right? each one of us born into a certain family and we have the choice to redesign really the life. Uh, so my uh, family, half Chinese, half Thai. The Chinese family is always think about food. Like when they see each other, they don't say, hi, how are you? In Chinese word, they will say, uh, have you eaten <laughs> the Chinese? <laughs> See the, the Chinese, have you eaten? Because they always want to feed you. And the Chinese... That's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> so this is interesting. The, the Chinese, this is in general, right? I talk about my family. My family is health conscious. So the, the, the Chinese will say, have you eaten? And the Chinese believe that. A choppy, right? A choppy or it's the, oh, uh, I don't want to say 
obesity, like the chubby is, is considered healthy because in the old days, if you're thin and skinny, you work so hard in the field, in the farm. But if you're wealthy, you're supposed to have like obese, you, you, you have more, like you're chubby. So that's, that's the mindset of the uh, hierarchical. Like if you, you're well off, you're supposed to be chubby or fat. <laughs> we, should not, we should not through this day, right? And if you're skinny or you're like working too hard, you're poor <laughs> on that. Uh, so that's the mindset. The mindset, the Thai, like the insider, the Thai will, will not ask that, hi, how are you? They will ask that, uh, where are you going? <laughs> they'll see you they'll say Richard where are you going <laughs> there's a greeting <laughs> mm. and then it's just uh, looking at that right and I, I was thinking where are you going is they just like a, maybe care about I, I try to look at that metaphor like a like a destination or something but uh, your, your question is uh, what is like about my ancestor or my family so so refer to the genetics. My grandmother now is over than 100 years old. Still, the mindset is she's, she's still charged. She still remember all the great-great-grandchildren, the heirs, the, everything. It's just the mindset because she have that gene. My grandfather passed away younger. So it depends on what gene you get it into your body. Mm. And not only gene, because the genetics, the gene itself is only 20%. So 80% is our our uh, uh, thinking, our choosing, what we choose to do in life, how we choose to express that quality or acquire a new thought that we want. So we really 80% we empower, doesn't matter how we born with and how, how like where we born and where we, what family we born with because we have that infinite power to support each one of us to express the life, to live fulfilled life in this world. So it doesn't matter. Family is a part of that. And, uh, but you yourself is more empowered mm. to your, your being. You know, this process of staying well, we get a lot of information from a lot of different sources. And it is sometimes difficult for us as individuals to to parse it all out to vet it in the sense that okay this is important for me to be aware of um because it will help me or this is something for me to be aware of because it's going to hurt me <laughs> and so i'm wondering if i may um, how important is our intuition in this process of, uh, you know, certainly we can, and I encourage people to go to your website um, and, and uh, uh, find out more, which I'm going to give out in just a moment. But how important is our intuition in this process of our health and well-being? How important of our intuition. Each one of us have intuition and each one of us has to go through the process of awakening. So how important of the intuition is depend on 
how awakened of that person, who is influenced that person to awake, and who they are hang out with, right? Simple like that. Who is the five mm-hmm. people that around them uh, to empower their thinking? That so the people around that they select to be around that impact their thinking. And when we talk about intuition, everyone is born with that. When we were like a take the first breath in life, we have we have all this imagination, creativity. And when we grow up, some in some family we encourage that to go explore, go explore to see what's out there. Some family, some parents will say, "Don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it." So that's it. How we continue to build our intuition or stop that, stop that intuitive experience, phenomenals that we have, and we got, we got the, we got the paradigm, we got the environment, we got the the people around us to tell us to stop. So the intuition can be cultivated, can be restored, and the intuition for me, the pure intuition is the most important because that is. Inner voice within us. That's a part of us that have the most intelligence. That's a part of us that really connect to the, to the creator, to the source. So, to answer the intuition, I feel the most important that we can cultivate and use that to guide our well-being, our life on earth, our health, our happiness. You've been here in the United States for how long? Uh, good thirty-five years or so. <laughs> Just three over over than three decades. Then uh, I love I love uh, exploring life. I love the opportunity. I love this growing process and put all these things together. That I think is the time for me to continue to do to have to do more to have more. And then to give more, so that's it's the time for me just to continue to do that. And I think that uh, after travel, more than hundred countries and live in many places, and I love it here in the U.S. because I choose to be in the community of the mindset that we are unlimited, like limitless potential. I choose to be in the place of love, compassion, and caring. So I love. Uh, I, I love it here, but I love everywhere I live, everywhere I, I go. Mm. You've traveled the world. Several hundred countries or so. My goodness. <laughs> I I know that there are a hundred and ninety-five countries on the planet, at least at last. Time. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, I know that there are that many, but. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to um, to see to see what um, what other countries I'll go. I've been to one, uh, two, three. I've been to three countries: Mexico, which is on a cruise, so it's like you only go to the ports. <laughs> I only flew into England. On my way to Ireland, those are the three countries I've been to, <laughs> and I feel I feel that that everybody needs to to do that. Everybody should take the opportunity 
if, if possible. And somehow we need to make it a way for people to do that so that they can experience these cultures, these other countries and ways of living just because I don't know about you. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, M. On I, I am not an aficionado of eating bugs uh, or uh, other uh, domesticated animals that we have here in this country. I know that other countries do, and it's just their culture. There's, it's not that there's something wrong with it. I know a lot of people in this country, they're upset when they hear about certain animals being consumed. I understand that, okay? I, I, I understand the sensitivity. But do you know why? I don't. I don't know when, why eat the Rich, things that they do. They just Rich, do. Mm-hmm. Richard, when you think of that, this is not about, see, this is about how we know the world, right? How yeah. we know the world from the information that we receive. But is that true information? Like what there people, right? Uh, so people say, oh, go to that country, eat bugs. It's maybe just one in a couple million spot that you can find bugs to eat. <laughs> and then people will eat bugs and show to the world that you go to Bangkok, Thailand, you eat deep fried bugs. But it's not like a usual or typical. But because it's in the news and the conscious, our conscious pick up. And yeah. people think that, oh, they eat dog. And one time I, I saw that, I just, oh, my soul is so like broken. But it's not. Usual is not like a daily practice. It's something that unusual and it's get to the news. And what we see in the news is something that not typical, unusual that create, create the fear, create the conflicts, create the, the debates, all that to get people to watch the news. <laughs> so, right. and, uh, and the other point that I like to make is this, with technology, with technologies and with all this information that are available, sometimes you can experience through the technology and through the mindset. But you need to see that what information that come, what the source of information that come you come come to us to have that experience traveling, yeah. because we can travel physically and we can travel non-physically. It it yeah, sort of ties in time. Yeah, it sort of ties into an interview that I had some a few years back with a woman who um, was talking about the the uh, the Asian culture. This is the way it was described, and how we in the West, in the United States particularly, but not some and not so much Europe, but here in the West. You cannot just go to China or Japan or any of the other Asian, Southeast Asian countries, Malaysian countries, and expect to do business the way you do in the States. It won't work. You could insult them. (laughs) You could say some things that, you know, you didn't mean anything by it, but the phrase means something to them. Mm-hmm. And you have just crossed a line, and you may have just caused an international. <laughs> That's so and the next true. thing you know, we're we're drawing our swords. Uh-huh. Uh, but on a health level, it's the same thing. Uh, you just don't know how people are 
how people are. You just don't. And I think that that's really some, that's something really important for people to, to become aware of. Don't you, that if you don't know where, uh, you know, where these traditions uh, come from, but all you've heard is blah, blah, blah. And again, as you stated, and I think it's apropos, um, we, you know, how do you know that that's accurate information? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's, that's another aspect of it, isn't it? Is that um, we, we've got to, we've got to find another way. Uh, we've got to better, find a better way to understand. And I think one of those ways through you is through food and origami transformation. And of course this is, uh, it's a new book by uh, M. An. Uh, that tackles the growing chronic illness epidemics by encouraging consumers, that's you and me, folks, to begin a different relationship with and understanding of the food they, that we eat. And, uh, you know, that's really interesting. I would like to stop thinking of myself as a consumer. I mean, do we look at animals out in the wild? Do we look at them and say, oh, they're just consumers. No, we, we don't. <laughs> they are out there. And by the way, um, let me ask you. Do you think, I've asked this question of many of my guests. Do you think that nature is probably our greatest teacher? Nature is greatest teacher. And... Uh, and we are a part of a nature. So the greatest teacher when we are in the nature, experience the nature, we really reflect ourselves there, our thought there. So the nature is the greatest teacher and when we come back with because we are the part of the nature, we are connected to that. And that's that is just a lot of thing happening when you mm-hmm. are in the nature, when you are resonate with it, when you, when you are in sync with it, and your inner cells come in uh, to that to answer that, and uh, uh, that's it. That's it. True. Yeah. That's it. That's it. True. Yeah. And, what uh, is your uh, website? Give us our, your website so people can uh, find out more about you, find out more about your book, Food and Origami Transformation. The website? Yes. Coopera, let me spell that. It's D R A I M K O P E R A dot com. But there's a short website that will be up soon. Just my first name, Dr. M on D R A I M O N dot com. And the food book has been around, but an upcoming book is in about four weeks away. It's called The Currency of the Gratitude. Because oh, people wonderful. need that. People need the, right now, people need currency, right? People need gratitude. And uh, yes. so that book is going to be more interesting. And this will be like this, the, the, the time that it need that can inspire people. So could you imagine that if we use gratitude as currency, we use that gratitude as the way to exchange goods and service. What could happen in this world? So that's the book is about and how to cultivate that, how to have limitless gratitude that can have limitless abundance in life. So that's the upcoming book that is going to be 
inspire and empower people to think about themselves, to think about how to live life abundantly, happy, healthy, wealthy, and limitless. Well, we would like to have you back not only before then, but when that book comes out, because absolutely we are we are in desperate need of that now. I remember, and this was something I was going to touch upon uh, in the program, when uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus as we call it, um, began to emerge uh, out of China, supposedly, um, and then we had our first case in January of this year of 2020. Um, I didn't want anybody to get sick or die from it, but I have to tell you how elated and excited I was that when we as a nation decided, in a matter of speaking, we decided that we were going to shut down. We were going to shut everything down so that we could minimize the spread. I, I said, thank God we're doing something different because every other time, that we've had the influenza roll through the United States. We did nothing. Of course, then we got the flu shot, and that was something, but we didn't change our lifestyle. Well, I have to tell you that what's interesting with what is happening in the United States and around the world, especially with cleanliness, I mean, everything is being sanitized like it's never been before. And one woman, I don't know if you've ever stopped at a, a gas station here in the States, like when you're on travels, if you've driven mm -hmm. and you pull in and you want to use their restroom and you go in there. I don't know about the women's room, but the men's room's pretty, <laughs> pretty bad, pretty bad. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this one woman says so she was traveling this summer and she went into one of the restrooms at a gas station expecting the worst. She says, I have never seen a gas station restroom so clean <laughs> in my life. And it's mm -hmm. like, why haven't we been doing this all along? You know, mm -hmm. uh, but the opportunities that are out there for us. I mean, I take a look at being diagnosed with type two diabetes, which by the way, in three months, that diagnosis is going away. Congratulations. Awesome. Um, yeah. But uh, it's opened up opportunities for me. I wasn't, I mean, there was an initial maybe 30 minutes of shock thinking, no, 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 nah, I can't be. Um, but I, I said, okay, those are the numbers. That's what they're showing. Uh, all right. And yes, I know I need to make a shift. Now, I haven't had a soda like a Coca-Cola or what have you since July 23rd of 2020. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's funny when I mentioned that to my mother, she says, you used to drink that? Are you? See, here's the reason why she said that. Her father, my grandfather, used to use Coke to clean his engine. That's how, <laughs> that's yes. how powerful that is, okay? Uh, so, you know, there you go. He was using it as a cleaning agent, and there are people that are drinking it. So imagine that, folks, what that Coke does to, uh, to your system. In any event, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, M. On, I want to thank you for being with us, doctor, doctor, and um, sharing with us food, a, an origami transformation. That's the title of the book. And D.R. Copera. K-O-P-E-R-A, D-R, 
K-O-P-E-R-A dot com is the website, correct? D D R A I M O N dot com. Oh, I beg your pardon. I left nah. that open. Okay. Right. But, well, but you have another website, K-O-P-E-I-K-O-P-E-I-M-D dot com. So I have another oh, website. They right. can go well, to I was, either I was, one. I was close. Well, we'll be linked <laughs> to the first one that has your full name there. Awesome. Uh, so the people continue their transformational process. Um, I also wanted to touch on, uh, just before we go here, because uh, I know time is short, what, how has your, your, your personal faith, your belief system, your philosophy of life that you have, maybe you were raised with or that you have incorporated, um, how has that uh, changed or been impacted by all of this because if you're getting a new body every seven years and i'm not even going to ask how many new bodies you have had okay? <laughs> close to you <laughs> close to, okay uh, close, close. To you. <laughs> all right that's as far as we'll go there but if that's the case then the mind as you say the mind changes the mind shifts what I believed yesterday is not what I believe today is not what I believe tomorrow. Not in even second, not need to be seven years. <laughs> so I was growing up in uh, both tradition with uh, Christian and Buddhist. In Thailand, it's 94% of people are Buddhism. And I love that, love to be able to go to temple and church. But when I start to realize and learning and grow, growing up, I study in depth in uh, Zen and Taoist and uh, Confucius and uh, a Western spiritual. So my belief system is about the truth, about the connectedness, the uh, universe, universal energy, and I I respect all the the belief system that is out there. And uh, what is my faith? If I have faith on on this nature, right? The suns go up every day. The suns mm -hmm. go down. The moon is go up. The moon is go down. The stars. The ocean rising. The ocean down. Like I'm sitting here, I see dolphin is jumping around, and uh, so that's what I believe is the the power of each one of us that connect to the universe, and then we we are the part of the creator. And we can design any life that we want with that mindset. It's only take a second. Don't wait to don't wait don't need to wait for seven years to change anything. But you need to have the right example, right mentor, or right people who can guide each person to tap into that infinite potential. And what I want to leave actually the last word, because you mentioned about uh of the pandemic COVID-19. It's the age of misinformation. So it's a lot of fear, anxiety, and uh, it's not about the disease itself. It's about, it's about the politics. It's about the, the cycle of humanity. So if people can find a way to understand, to reduce the fear, and this is the, it's the phenomenal. I, I love this period of time that people have the time to think about themselves, have the time to rest, have the time to contemplate, and have the time to, to tap into that consciousness that to transform the human, um, I don't want to talk to big humanity or civilization, but that is another 
another uh, massive influence. Right? Use our thought to create our world and uh, don't tap into that that uncertainty and fear and anxiety. Yeah, that's good advice. Very good advice. And we thank you so much for being here on the program and for sharing your story and your, the information that you have. And we encourage people to uh, to get more information from you by going to your website. We will be linked to your website, by the way, so that people can get more information and order a copy of your book, which again is called Food. And it is an origami transformation and uh, we encourage you also to listen to the podcast it's got the full interview so we hope that you will do just that and um, we want you to also uh, support us if you can do it financially we'd be gratefully appreciative we also encourage you to participate in the a year of perfect vision 2020 and uh, we encourage you to do that all year long so that uh, you can find that uh, calm, peaceful place, as you were just talking about. And um, we encourage you also to seek out that intuition, uh, that uh, guidance that will lead you along the right path for your nutrition, for pretty much, pretty much anything that comes <laughs> your way. And we, we hope that you will do that. Uh, also, three final questions for you, if I may. And uh, I am going to... Uh, uh, make this uh, 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 attempt here because I think it's important. Three final questions I'd like to ask all my guests. You may have answered them during the program, but I'd like to ask them directly. And the first of the three questions is, who is M. An Copera? I will sum up in one word. As 2020, Dr. M. An Copera the mystic MD, that collective experience of medicine, science, and mystical to help empower people to live life abundantly, happily. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Uh, the current work, I, the, the transformation work that I would like to empower, and I have a certain number of people that I seeking to attract and people that can can that I can support in transformation like from 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 people who want to transform from health right to become healthier from success in business and that's one of my uh, part of my experience and in the in the spiritual so in health in wellness uh, health wellness in the success and in the in the in the mindset and spiritual and transformation, so I expect to help a lot. But my ultimate goal is a little, uh, a, a lot more deeper than that, which I will share with you next time we talk. I'd love that. And final question: What is your life's purpose? What's my life purpose? To be here to empower people to live life limitless like i have go to this experience and i want people to to experience it every morning i get up i'm so grateful for life and i just grateful for all the journeys that 
mold me to be me today. I'm grateful for my family, my friend, people around me, and people who I met and who I have not met. And I'm grateful for possibility that I will impact. I set up a goal to impact millions of life, to live like that love. Like I just love my life, and I just like how do I transform this or give this information to people to live life limitless, to live life that there's so much joy and love and compassion mm-hmm. about. That's it, my purpose. You know, uh, folks can't see you, but I can. You look like you're about to burst <laughs> with, with excitement, with life. And I, I love, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And a beautiful smile you have. And I thank you so much. And I look forward to having you back on the program very soon uh, to talk more about all of this, but also when the book comes out. And that new book that's coming out is entitled once again? The Currency of Gratitude. And it's the how you amplify into your abundance. The currency of gratitude. Of gratitude. We, we look forward to talking with you about that uh, very soon, I hope. Yes. All right. We'll, mm-hmm. set up a, we'll set up another interview at the time of uh, publication because uh, I think it'd be wonderful to, uh, wonderful to talk about that. Again, we can use that at all times. And the thing I found so fascinating about that is the doors, if you will, the doors and windows that it opens when you uh, are grateful and you express that, whether it's to the universe or to other people who are in your life, um, it frees things up. It's, it's, a, it's an extraordinary thing. I, I, it's, it's like if you want abundance, then be genuinely grateful and, and uh, it, will, it will appear but it may not appear in the way you think. So you need to let go of your expectations and just be open to what comes. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people who, um, you know, uh, uh, they certain things in certain ways, or I love this. There are those who uh, uh, receive something from someone. Oh, no, 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 I can't. For example, we <laughs> gave a, an elderly woman a ride home one afternoon from the clinic where my wife works. And uh, she wanted to pay us for the ride. And of course, my wife is, oh, no, she's that kind of person that says, no, 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 we, we, we wanted to do this. You don't have to pay us. She says, no, no, I want to pay you. And she finally, my wife finally took the money. And I said, mm-hmm. I keep reminding her, you have to let, let people at. Without a, without a receiver, there is no giver. And without a giver, there is no receiver. So that is a universal law, I believe, that there is always an exchange, always. And when you open the doors of gratitude, then those doors open up too of exchange. Right. And even more powerful than that is grateful. Doesn't matter what. Grateful regardless. Grateful is like a yes, it's just amazing. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast. Love to lol.